You're listening to Red Leg Nation Radio, the official podcast of RedLegNation.com. Hello there, Reds fans. Welcome back to the Red Leg Nation Radio podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson. Thanks for joining us again today. Lots of things to discuss today. It's been an eventful season so far, so let's jump right into it. On the line with us is our go-to guy when it comes to everything surrounding the Reds minor leaguers, the architect of RedsMinorLeagues.com, Doug Gray. How you doing today, Doug? I'm all right. How are you? Ah, doing good. Doing good. Uh, we're doing this right in the middle of the uh, the Reds Braves game, and so we'll try not to make this last too long. It's uh, still still zero to zero. Um, any thoughts on the the major league team so far? What's been going on over the first couple of weeks of the season? You know, it's the record looks decent, but they haven't really played all that well. Uh, you know, hopefully they can turn things around. Yeah, that's the, that's the way I feel. Um, and some people object when I say that I'm concerned that they're not really hitting well and not doing things, and and say enjoy the wins. And and I tell you, I have been enjoying the wins. I really, uh, regardless of how they're playing. Uh, love to see them uh, win some of these games they've been winning, but you got to be concerned with the fact that they're having a really tough time putting runs on the board. Yeah, I mean, I was at the game the other night, and you know, the offense just they just couldn't get anything going at all, and you know, everybody's talking about the pitching and defense, and even that's been questionable for the most part this season early on. It has been. Uh, there's no doubt about that, and and obviously, actually, I expect the pitching to still be pretty good, and and I expect the defense to be better than we've seen so far. Maybe I'm uh, deluding myself there, but that kind of leads me into something I wanted to talk to you about because, and that's uh, uh, Chris Dickerson, our left fielder. I know that you've been uh, sort of bullish. You've been a, a fan of Dickerson, and, and you've said several times, including I think the last time that you were on the podcast, you said that you thought he could really help this team this year. Um, he's off to a, a bit of a rough start, I guess you uh, to put it lightly. He's uh, uh, you know, his uh, on base is uh, not too bad, actually. Considering it's 320, considering that he's batting uh, 195 batting average, but 341 slugging, and he's really, um, really had a sort of a, a rough time in the field. He's made some ugly plays, and even when he hadn't got errors, he's had some some tough looks out there. What are your thoughts on Chris Dickerson at this point? You know, the, the defense really it's it's interesting because the Reds seem to, you know, they kept him in center field for so long. And then right at the very end last year, they started getting him, you know, time in the outfield down in Louisville, just everywhere. And it just seems like, you know, he's not really used to the way that the ball travels out there, and he's not getting a good read off the bat. And that's really, I think that's what's leading to most of the errors because the ball is just kind of tailing away from him. And, you know, he's had his glove on the ball four or five different times, and yet he hasn't caught the ball. And I think that, you know, his just lack of experience out there is really catching up with him. Yeah, I'm afraid so. Um you know, I've sort of always been one that said this guy's got a pretty good chance of having a few-year career here of being a fourth outfielder type, playing three or four times a week maybe. I think if the Reds uh, platoon him correctly this year, he could help the team. He's he's certainly not as bad defensively as he's shown so far, and I don't think we should expect that uh, he's going to be this bad. I think he's uh, got about a million times more range than anybody we've had out there in left field in a while, just looking at the, his range numbers. Uh, but, you know, uh, at, at this point, I don't know if he's pressing or what. Yesterday he struck out four times. His batting average is, uh, as I said, 195, but I think that where he can help the team uh, is still showing up in his stats here in the sense that his on-base is still 320. He's, he's drawn seven walks. He's still getting on base a little bit considering he hasn't been able to hit much. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know that he's a guy to count on uh, six days a week as a starting left fielder, but 
used correctly, I think he can help this team. And I think you're probably right uh, that that he's just having an adjustment period in terms of left field. What do you, what do you think about this? Actually, what I was trying to get to there, and I went off uh, rambling as I usually do. Um, I think that Dickerson. I mean, I know we've got Tavares, and so it's sort of a moot point now. But I I don't know why they didn't consider putting Dickerson in center field. Um, when they were going out looking for somebody, because he's uh, defensively he should be okay in center field, you'd think. His numbers are not going to be necessarily good enough to play a corner outfield spot, but he could be an adequate center fielder with the numbers he can put up. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't really understand the Tavares signing just because of, you know, what Dickerson had done the previous year. You know, I mean, even though it was just down in AAA, you know, he really made big strides compared to what he had done in the minor leagues in the past. And then when he got called up, he hit well, and, I mean, he was obviously playing over his head. But, you know, he still was showing signs that he could handle a major league position. And then they go out and commit, you know, two years to somebody who, you know, at his best still wasn't very good in Willie Tavares. Didn't really understand that move. But, you know, at this point it really is kind of a moot point unless, you know, Tavares goes down with an injury or something. Right, yeah. I think he could have manned that position, absolutely. Um, And then, of course, we all thought they were going to try to find somebody for left field. Maybe if they'd have... Quit wasting time with Tavares and uh, really uh, tried to find somebody to play left field. Um, I, was, I was hoping for Pat Burrell, frankly, but uh, that was never going to happen. Um, but anyway, that's that, you're right. It's a moot point, so let's move on. Um, at this point, I want to sort of transition down to um, the minor leagues. And to start with that, there have been a lot of people over the last week or so really uh, ringing the bell for Adam Rosales to uh, be pulled up to Cincinnati. Now, Rosales could not be hotter to start the season down in Triple A. His OPS is almost 1,200. Batting average 397. He's slugging 741. Got four home runs. I mean, he's, he's just uh, pounding the ball down there. Uh, do you think the Reds need to bring him up? If so, where should he play? And and, and tell us what what you think about Rosales. You know, it's it's tough to say you can't bring him up because I mean, you know, just going off the stats since last June in Triple A, he's hit 347 and slugged 595. You <laughs> know, that's just you can't really argue with you know that kind of production, but you know the Reds. They're not gonna. They're not gonna start him at first or second because you've got Votto and Phillips there. He can't play shortstop every day, so that's really out of the question. And they just committed two years in the off season to Edwin, and I, I don't think that they're gonna you know sit down Edwin this early in the season. I mean he's struggling right now, but they've got a lot of money and time committed to him at this point right now, and it's two weeks into the season. So if you do bring him up. You know, he's going to be a guy that starts two or three games a week. And is that really something that's going to help you enough that it's worth, you know, him not playing every day and maybe getting rusty? Whereas, you know, maybe you want to keep him down in AAA for a little bit and see what happens. And maybe if Edwin's still struggling in, you know, three or four more weeks, then you can bring him up and play him every day. Well, it seems like you might be able to get the guy. Let's see, what is he? He's, uh, he'll turn 26. Uh, this this next month, I guess, in about a month. So he's not uh, spring chicken necessarily. Um, so I, I wonder if maybe he just doesn't help the organization more. If you do bring him up, let him play three times a week, uh, four times a week at third base, and it um, he could spell at first base because he's played first base in the minors and Brandon Phillips at second. Um, and if, if nothing else, it gives you another guy off the bench. The bench is really uh, in Cincinnati. Uh, pretty poor in terms of uh, when you're trying to find a, a pinch hitter at the end of the game. When your best option is a pitcher, uh, you know, uh, you got problems. Um, yeah. I, I tend to think maybe bring him up, even if he's not starting every day, uh, you can spell some of these other guys and uh, and get him some at-bats that way. I, I don't know how much more he can prove in AAA. Is what I, that's sort of my perspective on it. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really think he has anything left to prove there. I think that maybe he's, the Reds want him playing every day at this point just to kind of see where things go. I mean, it, it's just so early in the major league season that, you know, I know we, it's been so long that, you know, the fans have actually had something real to talk about that maybe some are overreacting a little bit to the way players are performing through, you know, 50 at-bats. Yeah, right. Drawing, drawing big conclusions over uh, just a handful of at-bats. Absolutely. I agree. That's It's premature to, you know, a lot of people want to give up on Edwin, but then a lot of people have been wanting to give up on Edwin for several years. Uh, I'm He's my favorite Red. I've made no uh, bones about that. Uh, he's looking pretty bad so far this year. I'm not suggesting that um, Rosales needs to come up and start at third base every day, but um, you know, he played. He's played a lot of shortstop in his uh, uh, career up to this point. Rosales, uh, any chance he should could be able to, you know, say left field or something? Uh, play there? Has he played any of that in in the past? I think he's had two or three games in left field in his career. You know, he's certainly athletic enough, and he's got a great arm. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because one thing I was thinking as you were talking about that is, you know, what what about Edwin in left field and playing Rosales at third base? You know, because Edwin's got his defensive problems. But he's certainly athletic and fast enough, and he's got a strong enough arm that, you know, maybe that's something that the Reds should look into. You know, it would sure up, you know, the left field defense maybe a little bit. And, you know, they wouldn't have to worry about a platoon with, you know, right now they're platooning Dickerson and, you know, whoever happens to be starting the other day when there's a left-hander on the mound. Right. You know, so I, I don't know. It, it's something that, you know, maybe they need to look into as far as, you know, finding playing time for all these guys because, the, the offense really needs a boost right now, and I, I think that Rosales is—he's he, a guy that you know he could provide that you know just you know 800 OPS that you know we kind of need right now. Yeah, absolutely, no question. Um, and I believe he could provide that on the major league level. I really do. Um, he's not going to have a 1200 OPS like he has now in the majors, although I'd like that. But your point about Edwin is a good one, and um, it's some—it's a situation where I've kind of changed my mind on that. A lot of Reds fans have been pushing uh, for Edwin to be playing out in left field for quite a while now, actually. Um, and I've sort of always thought, well, no, you know, he's still a young guy. Give him time. I've always felt like he was a pretty good fielder at third base. He just couldn't throw. And the more I watch him, the more I'm concerned that he's, you know, not going to get it at, at third base. He's not going to ever be able to provide the uh, defense there that at the hot corner that the Reds need. And there's no question. I'm like you. I don't think there's any question that he could really uh, perform in left field, uh, you know, he's got a good enough arm. He's uh, athletic enough. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be able to play left field. Um, so that might be something they want to look at. Of course, then you come into the whole situation where, uh, you know, Yonder Alonso comes up uh, next year or something, Joey Votto, a whole lot of – that's why I think, frankly, that Edwin's time with this organization may be coming to a close, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it's just a difficult situation when you look, you know, even just a year in the future on what they're going to do with all the talent that they have you know, and with who they've got locked up and the moves that they might have to make. Yeah, it's always a good situation, I guess, to have more bodies than you uh, than you have positions uh, because that gives you options. But it's uh, going to be really interesting to see how all that plays out. Um, shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about a few other guys down there in Louisville. Um, start out there, I guess. Um, Wes Bankston, what do you think about him? He's hitting pretty well down there. Is he a guy that could maybe help off the bench in uh, Cincinnati? He's hitting three forty nine, And, again, it's just the first couple weeks, but – uh, on base 404, uh, slugging almost 700. What What are your thoughts about him? You know, I mean, he's he's a solid utility kind of player. I don't think he's got enough to ever really start anywhere. But you know, he, he's a guy that could come off the bench. You know, he's not gonna he's not gonna strike out that much. He's not gonna walk a lot. Makes a lot of contact. He's got a little bit of pop. And you know, he's not exactly the youngest guy ever. So you know, if, if you know the Reds needed somebody to come up and play a utility role, 
you know, I mean, obviously I'd go with Rosales first, but Wes Banks is not a bad option for that either. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Just uh, as a guy that could fill in, uh, I just, I'm so uh, disheartened by the the bench that the Reds have in Cincinnati right now. Um, bless his heart. I, I think the Darnell McDonald story, I'm happy for the guy, you know, get a chance to make a major league roster. and He's trying as hard as he can out there and seems like a good guy, but uh, he doesn't really have any business being on the bench for Cincinnati. And um, Of course, that comes back to the conversation that we all had a couple weeks ago. Johnny Gomes, he's starting to come around now. His OPS is almost back up to 900 after a really slow start. Um, when is he going to get a chance? You, you got me. I mean, I thought that, you know, he earned the spot on the 25-man roster back in spring training, and the Reds obviously didn't. So I don't really know what their thought process is with him. Yeah, I, I don't either. I, I thought he'd actually be up in Cincinnati by now. Of course, he started off so slowly that uh, he kind of hurt himself. But um, but he's coming around, and, you know, as a, I always thought, if we're going to keep Dickerson, if we got him in left field, he and Gomes are a perfect uh, platoon option. Um, but what do I know? Uh, if you ask me, you, you, you know more about the situation than the Reds do. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but um, let's see. A couple other guys down there uh, in AAA that uh, interesting to talk about. Of course, there's always uh, Homer Bailey. He's starting today, actually. He's been off to a bit of a rough start. Any thoughts on Homer? You know, the reports I get is the stuff's been good. I mean, you know, in his last start, he was hitting 96 on every fastball he threw in the sixth inning. But, you know, it was raining a little bit, and his curveball, it was very inconsistent. And, I mean, he gave up all singles, but, you know, it was quite a few singles and a few walks mixed in. So it it didn't really look so great in the box score. Um, You know, it's, again, it's it's similar to pretty much the last few years. You know, depending on what batter you see him face, he's an ace in the, you know, coming along. And, you know, the next time you see him, it's, you know, is this guy a number four starter? It's just, it's all about consistency with him right now. And, you know, it seems like, you know, he's taken a step back as far as, you know, his control. You know, in the spring, you know, his control was outstanding. And then he goes down to Louisville, and he struggles to find the strike zone with every other batter he sees. Yeah, that's that's the story with him. And I, I did see your report uh, at your site at RedsMinorLeagues.com about uh, that, it, you know, his velocity was up there in that last start. And then they, he really wasn't hit very hard. But, you know, results are results, I guess. His ERA is over seven. Um, he has struck out uh, the first two uh, for the first two outs of the game today, or both strikeouts. Uh, I, I noticed. Um, I also noticed the Reds are up two to nothing here. Jay Bruce uh, hit a home run, scored Joey Votto, so the Reds are <laughs> our old buddy Jay Bruce uh, coming through again here, and Joey Votto on base again. But uh, speaking about pitching, a, a guy that really has performed pretty well so far in his three starts down in Triple A's, Matt Maloney. Um, what are your thoughts on Maloney? Is it, I mean, you know, 15 walks and no strikeouts, there, there's nothing to complain about with him. Uh, you know, really hot start. I, I still think that, you know, if the time comes and the Reds need a starter, I still think that they'll go with Bailey before they'll go with Maloney. Um, but, you know, I think Matt Maloney, well, his ceiling's probably a number four starter. Right. Um, you know, I think that if he comes up and you – know, I, th- I really think that, you know, given the depth that the Reds have in the starting pitching department – if they can get Matt Maloney up this year and get him a few starts and he does, he's successful, I think you know maybe he's somebody they want to dangle out there. Right. Yeah. Uh, try and get something else just because they have the pitching depth at this point that they can make that kind of move with you know somebody that's not really going to ever be an ace but you know could help another team in the starting rotation that needs help. Yeah, that's a lot of people have sort of forgotten about Matt Maloney, but it, in the 
it was just one year ago, think, if you think about it like this, that the Reds threw Josh Fogg out there for how many starts. This year, you've got a guy named Matt Maloney. You know, he's 2-0, and 1.86 ERA right now for three starts, struck out 15 batters and walked none. I mean, it's just it's outstanding. Um, and I really believe this guy could be a good number five starter in the majors. And, you know, there's value in that. There, there's value in having a good number five starter, as the Reds have seen over the last few years. So you're right. Either he's going to have some value to this organization or another one, and I would like to see him get a chance um, at some point if they're injuries or whatever, but you're right. I think Bailey gets the call first, um, unless he completely, um, you know, his head explodes or something down there and, um, he doesn't improve anymore, but glad to see Maloney, uh, at least making a case for himself. Um, anyone else down there in triple a, you in particular, you, uh, want to mention, you know, Carlos Fisher has been really good down there too. He's got 12 strikeouts and one walk in 9.2 innings or 1.86 ERA. You know, I'm not going to lie, everybody's all on the Josh Rinicky bandwagon, and I, I really like Rinicky. You know, he's got a really good fastball, but I, I really think that, you know, Carlos Fisher is a better reliever at this point. Um, you know, he gets a ton of ground balls. His fastball, you know, it's up to 95 miles an hour now. Uh, you know, I think that, you know, he, he's, he's a better bet to step into the major leagues right now and help out of the bullpen if, you know, that's the move that the Reds do need to make. Yeah, that's interesting. Um and his numbers are they're, they're sterling down there right now, and the bullpen has been a one of the strong points for the Reds so far this year. It's good to see though that there's some depth down there um, that they can plug in. And of course, uh, you know, Bill Bray's hurt again down there. I think he's just going to be eternally hurt. But uh, but you got uh, Fisher and and uh, Pedro Viola and uh, and Josh Renicki. There's some arms down there that could uh, maybe be plugged in. Um, Valeka, we've talked about him before. Chris Valeka, he's playing shortstop in AAA right now, not hitting much, starting to come around a little bit. But just a guy that can play shortstop on the major league level. What do you think? You know, the more I hear about it, you know, the further we get away from the draft, you know, it seems every year that the reports get better on his defense at shortstop, and more and more people buy into that. You know, he can actually stick at shortstop and play there. Um, I, from what I've seen, I don't think he's going to be, you know, anywhere near one of the better shortstops in baseball. But I, I really do think that. You know, he's got enough defense that he's not going to hurt you there. Yeah, if he can be average defensively and, and, and well, average offensively even uh, or better in the majors, uh, he could. that's a spot where there's maybe a, a chance in this organization to uh, to get a spot in the major leagues because uh, Gonzalez, is he's coming to the end of his career, I, I think, um, Alex Gonzalez. So that's interesting. I hope his, uh, hope Valeka's numbers turn around a little bit. Um Anybody else in particular before we move on to Carolina down in Double A? Um, I, I think that's about it right now with uh, the Louisville squad. Yeah, there's, it's an interesting, uh, interesting names there. Carolina, I think, is the most interesting group of uh, players in the minor league organization right now for the Reds. A lot of, lot of guys down there um, that are interesting to look at. Anybody in particular you want to mention, or just go down the list here? Well, well, we'll go down the list and see where we wind up. All right, uh, you know, uh, at Cozart, obviously, um, playing shortstop and, and tearing the cover off the ball in a lot of ways. Uh, his OP- OPS is uh, 924 and um, batting average 356. Uh, you know, what about his defense and uh, well, and his bat? What are your thoughts on Cozart? Defensively, he's the best shortstop in the entire organization, major leagues, minor leagues, whatever. I think that, you know, he is a legit gold glove contender at shortstop one of these days. And surprisingly with his bat, you know, he, he skipped straight over Sarasota. And while he hit okay in Dayton, he wasn't overly impressive. And when I heard that he was going to be going to Carolina, I was kind of concerned because 
he made strides with as bad as the year went along last year, and that's a really big jump, you know, from low A to double A. And oh, yeah. you know, he's he's been really impressive. He's got as many walks as he does strikeouts, and I mean, like you said, he's been he's been tearing the cover off the ball. Um, you know, I'm not sure if he can keep it up, but you know, if he can even just be you know league average with the bat, he's gonna be one of the better shortstops in all of baseball. He's that good. Um, well, you know, and it's clear that the Reds are high on him because the Reds do not jump guys' levels. Very, very rarely do they jump jump levels with guys. Um, and so that when uh, when we heard that Cozart was going to Carolina, really surprised a lot of us. Um, and he's performing well so far. Um, I was I'm glad to see. Again, we're talking you know 60 at bats, but uh, glad to see he's at least holding his own uh, early. And uh, maybe maybe he'll be a big surprise with the bat, and uh, he'll rise up up the, up the depth chart. Uh, in the organization, Todd Frazier, another guy, he's uh, he's playing outfield down there now, actually uh, in Carolina. He's hitting well too, um, three forty four average, uh, OPS eight fifty eight. Uh, what about Frazier? Is this a guy that's got a future with the Reds? It's going to be interesting because he also falls into that you know left field situation. You know what are they what are the Reds going to do when you know Todd Frazier and Yonder Alonso are both ready? You know it's, it's going to be interesting to see which direction they go as far as who plays left. If Alonzo goes to first, is Votto going to go to left? If he does, then what happens to Todd Frazier? You know, because, I mean, Todd can play all over the place, but, you know, he's not a shortstop. And right. that really seems to be the main opening that there is for, you know, a, a spot for sure, you know, a year down the line. So he, he was it, a, it's going to be fun to see how they work that one out. He was a guy I thought might be uh, groomed to play third base, uh, you know, depending on what the Reds eventually thought of Edwin Encarnacion. But, of course, he's not playing third base right now. So, uh, obviously, because he's uh, Juan Francisco's down there with Carolina. Um, struggling right now, but he's the, he's the third baseman, I think. Uh, he's getting the reps down there. So, be interesting to see what happens with Frazier, whether he gets caught in the numbers game or um, or what. He's he's done pretty well uh, every stop he's been at. Um, another guy that I think both of us kind of like and who's really just – unbelievable so far Chris Heisey down there what do you think about Chris Heisey oh man I mean he's he's just been he's been the most impressive hitter in the minor leagues for the Reds I mean you know Rosales is killing the ball but you know Chris Heisey's got 10 walks and five strikeouts and you know he's leading the team in home runs he's got an OPS of 1160 and he plays center field and he's not going to hurt you there either so that that was my question that's my question for you is defensively in center field how's it he's he's adequate at least I mean, he's he's average. You know, he's got a strong arm. He's got some speed. Um, I mean, he's not quite, you know, he's not on the same level as, you know, a Drew Stubbs is, but he's definitely, he's able to, you know, he's, he's able to play center field and play it well. Well, that's uh, that's interesting to hear because uh, any kind of center fielder that can actually hit is going to be, an, an, you know, uh, one of the top center fielders in the majors. If you think about it, there aren't very many major league center fielders that are really um, – you know, really good hitters. Uh, Heisey, you're right. He's he's absolutely crushing the ball. And he, uh, good plate discipline. I mean, there's nothing to be disappointed so far with his season. That's a, that's amazing. He, he shows up in our Down on the Farm report, and every day you give the, the game reviews, he seems like he's showing up on those uh, reviews all the time. Yeah, I mean, he's just, every game that he's played, it's just like, hey, you know, two for four and a walk. You know, it's just, right. he's just, he's just on fire so far. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, uh, how he plays and how that, how his, how he can compete with Drew Stubbs, who clearly, in terms of the way the Reds look at their prospects, Stubbs was the number one pick, and and uh, and a lot of people are high on Drew Stubbs. But it'd be interesting if uh, Heisey can sort of sneak his way in there into a competition with Stubbs for uh, the center fielder of the future position. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
if if Heisey keeps hitting, you know, it's it's not going to be too long before the Reds are going to have to make a move and put him in Triple A. I mean, you know, you can only hold a guy down so long, and you know, for the past year and a half, all Chris Heisey's done is impress. So, right, you know, it can't be that much longer if he keeps it up. And and again, I'm going to caution small sample size, but in Triple A, Drew Stubbs is uh, not looking too good. 176 average so far. Um, you know, 506 OPS. So, uh, again, it's early and there's plenty of time, but uh, he, he may have a guy sort of nipping at his heels in uh, in Chris Heisey. Be interesting. Um, who else down there? In, uh, well, let's talk about our guy uh, at Red Leg Nation, one of our spotlight players, Logan Parker. You know, we were we were kind of pleased that Yonder Alonso was uh, sent to Sarasota to start the year because we thought it might give uh, Logan sort of a window of opportunity to show what he can do, either for this organization or to showcase his skills for another organization. And he started off a little slowly, but he's come around. Um, uh, eight walks, uh, you know, his OPS is 851 now, hitting 275 batting average, a uh, couple of homers. What are your thoughts on Logan? I mean, it, where does he fit, uh, and does he fit? This is what we're, we're afraid of, whether he fits at all in this organization. You know, I'm with you. I mean, I, I really think that Logan is a major league player. I just don't think that it's going to be with the Reds eventually. Right. You know, he, they're just – with the position that he plays and the depth that the Reds have there, you know, he's fourth. He's like fourth on the totem pole despite having major league talent. So I really think that, you know, it might be best for Logan if he does get traded somewhere where he's going to get more of an opportunity because he does have the talent to be a major league player one day. Well, that's the way we, we sort of feel. And from talking with him on one of our previous podcasts, he was, you know, he knows what the numbers game is like uh, with the Reds, but he, his whole idea was, I'm going to work harder than anybody else uh, th- during the offseason. And he did. He All reports were that he worked uh, extremely hard. And, you know, just give me a chance to show what I can do either here or somewhere else. But um, he he's very confident, and we'd like to see him get a chance. I don't know where it's going to be with Cincinnati. I just, there's too many first basemen in this organization. Um, but I'm glad to hear that you think that he's at least got the uh, – Got the skill to play on the major league level. We think so too. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, what happens with him, you know, because I know that in the offseason he had mentioned that, you know, the Reds are talking about maybe playing some time in the outfield, and if you know Alonzo catches fire and they send him up to Double A, because they're going to push Alonzo faster just because he's on the forty man roster. Definitely. If if, if Logan stays in Double A, if they're going to you know maybe get him some time in the outfield, you know, up his versatility. You know, maybe that's going to improve his chances of sticking with the Reds someday, yeah. or you know, maybe making him more valuable to another team that may be interested in his services. Definitely, and and Parker said from day one, yeah, hey, look, I'll play wherever you want me to play. Um, just let me play, and uh, so we're hopeful that he uh, he ends up uh, getting a shot here somewhere. At least he's getting. A, I appreciate that the Reds are giving him an opportunity this year to. Uh, at least while they're letting Alonzo start in single A, which I thought was a pretty good idea, starting him in high A. But and we'll get to him in just one second. But looking down the line here, Juan uh, uh, Francisco mentioned him earlier. He's off to a rough start. Um, where are you on Francisco? What What are your thoughts? You know, I, I've been trying to you know preach to everyone that you know despite the power, if he's striking out at the rate he is and not walking at all, it's going to be really tough for him ever to be a major leaguer. And, you know, going back to Todd Frazier for a second, when I found out that he was going to be in the outfield full-time this year and Francisco was going to be at third, I I didn't quite understand that move because Francisco just has so far to go as far as being major league ready. Right. That it just didn't seem to make sense to, you know, move Todd Frazier, who legitimately could be ready for the major leagues by September. Um, Francisco, he's up there. He swings it almost every pitch thrown, you know. He's got a long swing, and he starts it early, 
you know, and he, he it's just too late by the time that he realizes if a pitch is, you know, going to be in the dirt, he's already swung. And, you know, without that plate discipline, he's just he's just going to pile up the strikeouts, which is going to cause him to hit for a lower average, and he's not going to be getting on base at all because he doesn't ever walk. Yeah, you know, and I don't know if this is a good comparison or not, but the guy that I keep uh, wanting to think about when we talk about Juan Francisco is our old buddy Willie Mo Pena. Everybody, you know, amazed by the long home runs and the batting practice power. and But, you know, uh, Francisco, you're right, I think he's got a long way to go. And he might get there, but he struck out 20 times and walked twice so far. That's, that's not a good sign. Yeah, I mean, you know, at least with Francisco, you know, we can keep him in the minor leagues. You know, we got in the trouble with Willie Mo when he signed the major league deal with the Yankees, and that caused his contract to be, you know, he wasn't able to be sent down to the minors or anything. But it seems like, you know, I, I really think that Francisco could have benefited from, you know, staying in Sarasota at the start of the season and, you know, working on his plate discipline because they've been working on with him since he was in Dayton, and it hasn't really improved at all. You know, he cut down on the strikeouts a little bit, but he's still way too aggressive. You know, if he's not hitting a home run, you know, he's not bringing any value whatsoever to the team. Right. I, I really think that, you know, the Reds have the time to be patient with him and to help him work on specific things, and they're not, I don't think that they're taking the right approach with, you know, how to develop this kid. Yeah, especially when you consider how far he's got to go defensively. I agree with you. He's got a lot of work to be done, but um, but he, he does have that power. What about pitchers down there in uh, Carolina? Anybody in particular that we think might uh, contribute to the Reds at some point? Dallas Buck, what do you think about him? You know, Buck's given up a lot of hits in his innings so far, but, you know, he's been an absolute ground ball machine. You know, it just seems that right now the ground balls are finding their way through the infield. Um, you know, he's working, you know, 88 to 91 miles an hour, which is up from what it was last year, uh, which is good to see because, you know, he had Tommy John about a year and a half ago, and the velocity is getting closer to where it was pre-injury. Um, you know, he's got really good stuff. I think that, you know, he's still just trying to get back to where he was before he had his surgery. Um, I don't really know if anybody in Double A right now can make it to the major leagues this year, just because you know all of the starting pitchers that are there. While some of them have a lot of potential, they've they've still got a ways to go. They've all got things to work on before they before they're even ready for Triple A yet. This may be a question that's tough to answer just uh, off the top of your head, but which one of those pitchers down there in Carolina do you think has the highest ceiling in terms of a career potential? Oh, wow, um, you know it, it's tough to say because if Dallas Buck can get back to where he was pre injury he's got a higher ceiling than anybody but you know until he gets to that point i'm not really sure where his ultimate ceiling is right uh, who, so who I, knows if he'll be able to get to that i, I agree with you so i'd probably say jordan smith you know he's got a sinking fastball that gets a lot of ground balls and he throws it up to 95 miles an hour and he's got an above average slider um you know he still needs work on a third pitch um you know he, he hasn't struck out many guys yet at this point in the season but, you know, upside, I, I think that, you know, he's got the body that, you know, he could throw 200 innings in a year. And, you know, he's got the best stuff at this point of any of those guys. Interesting. Uh, Homer Bradley struck out the side in the first, by the way. Gave up a hit, but struck out the side, uh, <laughs> if you're interested. Um, well, let's drop down to Sarasota now. Um, and a pretty interesting group of kids there uh, at Sarasota as well. A lot of guys that I'm interested to see how they um, play out. A guy that you had mentioned to me earlier was, uh, was Justin Reed. Tell us about Justin Reed. You know, I mean, this kid was, we drafted him in the fourth round a few years ago, and he was a very raw baseball player, lots of tools. You know, he had a football scholarship to play in the SEC, which, you know, you're not going to get to play football in the SEC unless you're an incredible athlete. Right. And, you know, 
He struggled last year in Dayton, but you know this year he, he's got 13 walks and 13 strikeouts at this point in the season. Whereas last year he struck out 100 more times than he walked last year. So the big improvements in his plate discipline, and you know he's got the potential to be you know a legit four or five tool player. And you know it seems like at this point he's kind of putting things together. He's he's learning you know what he can hit and what he can't hit, and that that's really something that a lot of players you know. Once they figure that out, you know, it really just comes down to how much potential do they have. And, you know, he's somebody that I, I suggest everybody really keeps a close eye on as the season progresses because he's got immense talent, and it seems like, at least early on, he's putting things together real quick. Yeah, uh, 21 years old. He's got 13 walks in 15 games. Uh, that's that's good play discipline. Uh, that'd be interesting if he can. Yeah, I didn't realize he uh, was recruited to play football in the SEC. Yeah, you, they don't hand those scholarships out to just anybody in the SEC. That's interesting. Um, yeah, you know he's highly recruited football player. LSU was looking at him. Ole Miss was looking at him, but you know he, he got the chance to play baseball, and you know I guess that money was it was too good to pass up. Yeah, well let's hope it pans out. Um, we've mentioned Yonder Alonso a couple times. He started off pretty slow, but he's coming around as well. Um, is is he is his talent uh, is he more talented than this league? I guess is what I'm saying. Is this a guy that's going to end up once he gets used to the league, tearing through this league, or is it going to take him a little more time? I, I really do think he's more talented than the league. You know, he's he's off to a slower start. You know, he's hitting 232, but you know the peripherals all suggest that you know he shouldn't be hitting that. It's just kind of been a bad luck thing. The hits aren't finding the grass at this point. You know, he's got seven walks and ten strikeouts and 64 plate appearances. You know, those are those are good numbers. And you know, he's slugging 482 despite the fact that he's only hitting 232. So the power's there, the plate discipline's there. It's just the singles aren't really finding the grass just yet. I think that, you know, he's going to be fine, and if anybody's, like, worried about it, I think you need to take a step back a little bit. Yeah, a couple of our spotlight guys have said the one thing that really jumps out, when you watch his approach at the plate, Alonzo, they say it's it's, it's a major league approach. The guy's discipline is just unreal for a kid that's playing in high A right now. Uh, and, of course, that's from playing, uh, you know, at the, a baseball factory like Miami, where that, that's that's as good a baseball program as you're going to get in the college ranks. Um, so that he's, he's, he's really ready. I, you know, he started off slowly, but... I'm starting to wonder whether maybe not it might not be too long before he really starts pushing his way up through the system. Yeah, I mean, you know, they, I think that they're going to give it a little bit of time. You know, it's not going to hurt him or even set him back a little bit if he spends half a season in Sarasota just because the Reds do have Joey Votto at first base. There's not really a, a rush to get him there this year at all. Right. So I, I think that, you know, they've got a chance to really take his, take their time with it, you know, wait for him to catch fire and then and then worry about moving him up. Right, really getting prepared, let him have some success on the minor league level, which is why I thought that sending him to high A to start the year instead of double A was a good idea. Let him get some success uh, under him, because uh, he's really not played minor league baseball much uh, before this. So I'm, I'm with you. Another name down there that I'm always interested in is a guy named Neftali Soto. Uh, he started off kind of slow, but uh, what, are the, what are the thoughts on Soto? You know, the, the fact that he has no walks yet through 59 at-bats, is, it's pretty concerning. Yeah, he's never, been, he's never really been a high walk guy or anything, um, but you know you'd, you'd like to see somebody getting on base other than just by the hit. And so far, he, he really hasn't improved anything as far as his plate discipline goes from last year. He just turned twenty, so he's still young. Um, what about in the field? Is he a guy that uh, has problems in the field? He was a shortstop when he uh, was drafted, but of course, I guess he's playing third base mostly now. Um, is he going to be able to handle uh, the defensive side of the game? You know, it depends really who you ask. I mean, I, I think that, you know, he could handle third base, but, you know, he's got a long ways to go right now. 
You know, he's got a strong arm. His gloves are right. It just he, he gets. I don't know if it's he's not focused all the time or he just rushes all the time, but he he doesn't set his feet all the time, and I, that leads to a lot of errors. And you know he he, he can work and you know fix that, but right now he's he's got a ways to go as far as defense goes. Yeah, well that's interesting. He's really started off uh, slowly there. Another guy started off slow that I I kind of like is uh, Alex Buckholtz. Um, what's his ceiling? It's really tough to get a read on him because I haven't seen him play yet. Because, you know, he played in Billings last year, and he dealt with the wrist injury, and he only ended up playing about half the season there. And then they skipped him right over Dayton. So I, I haven't actually seen him play yet. And I, I I have a tough time, you know, saying what someone's ceiling is without actually seeing them play. Right. A um, couple guys on this uh, Sarasota team are former position players in the majors uh, that are trying to trying to pitch now. Jerry Gill's not had a whole lot of success so far. Um, ben Davis used to be the catcher for the Padres. He's only had a couple of outings, uh, not giving up a run yet. But uh, either of those guys have a chance of uh, of making it to the bigs as a pitcher. What do you think? I mean, both of them, they can throw 90-plus miles an hour with their fastball. But you've got to imagine at this point just their off-speed stuff can't be that good just because of the lack of, you know, experience throwing anything. Um, but, you know, fastball-wise, they've both got major league fastballs. Um, obviously, they've got a long ways to go because they're in Sarasota and, you know, they've got just about no experience as far as pitching goes. Um, I mean, it's, it's a long road, but, you know, it's happened before. There have been position players that converted into pitchers and eventually wound up making it as, you know, good relief pitchers. Sure, yeah. Um, let's see, Homer Bailey's two innings pitched, one hit, four strikeouts so far. So good good first couple innings for Homer there in Louisville. Um, anyone else on that team that you think's uh had an interesting season so far. We haven't really mentioned Devin Mesoraco, the, the number one pick. Uh, but anybody else there that you think that uh, need to touch on? You know, they've got Zach Stewart, uh, last year's second-round pick. He's he's starting right now, but that's just to uh, really get him some experience um, and get him more innings to work on his secondary stuff. The Reds don't really view him as a starting pitcher. They're just trying to get him more innings to uh, work on his secondary stuff a little bit more so he can get – He's more ready, faster. Right, yeah, he's uh, he's giving up a lot of hits, but uh, 13 Ks, uh, three walks, so his control's not been bad, but uh, ERA 1.93. So you think he's he's uh, destined for the bullpen? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean even the Reds have said that. that they're, they're really just, you know, trying to get him as much experience as they can so he can, you know, work on his secondary stuff more than, you know, throwing, you know, 15 to 25 pitches, you know, every other day. Um. Well, let's move on to. I know you've seen Dayton play uh, this year, obviously, and so you got some idea of what the Dayton Dragons have going on down there. Anybody in particular that's sort of stood out for you so far this year with Dayton? You know, Byron Wiley is really one of the guys that he's hit well for Dayton. He hasn't played every game. You know, he's only got. I mean, you know, a guy like Dave Sapelt's got 60 at bats, and Wiley's only got 32. Um, but you know, he's been really hitting well for Dayton. Um, you know. Kyle Day's been playing pretty well for Dayton. He's got nine walks, nine strikeouts. Um, but overall, that team, they, they, they're having a lot of problems offensively, you know, putting runs up on the board. Um, I, I think that it's just right now they really lack that go-to guy that they've had the past few years in the middle of the lineup. And I, I really think that that's something that's holding them back right now. Yeah, I don't see anyone really, uh, any of the top-tier uh, huge prospects, whereas they've usually had – uh, at least a couple uh, come through Dayton. I don't see a whole lot of those right now. Uh, some of the highly touted guys on the offensive side or on the yeah at the plate. I guess I'm trying to say. Um, 
our boy uh, Tyler Stovall, one of our Red Lake Nation spotlight players, off to a rough start, but he's not getting a whole lot of playing time either just yet. So, um, good athlete, but we'll see what happens there. Um, pitching wise, anybody there interesting to you before we Matt, wrap up? Matt Farrell, he's actually pitching today. Uh, you know, he struck out 12 batters in his last start. Um, you know, I, I saw him pitch on opening night, and, you know, the stuff was all right, but he was really inconsistent. And it, it seemed like last his last start, he was he really was on things. And, you know, he's going to be an interesting guy to watch if, you know, he can put it all together. He, he's got the upside. Definitely. All right, well, you know, we've, we've been going for a while here. It's about time to wrap up. Anyone else that uh, in the minors or anything, any, any topic regarding the minors you think that uh, – Reds fans need to hear about. Uh, you're the go-to guy, man. So I'm, I'm asking you, what you got for us? Anything else? I mean, really, it's early. You know, when you see somebody's numbers, don't take them too too serious one way or the other yet. You know, most of these guys don't even have you know 60 at bats. That's that's real. I mean, I've been dealing with a lot of people, you know, freaking out over you know this guy's not hitting or this guy's killing the ball. It's early. Just let 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 let, it, let the month play out and see where things are. Let everybody get a little more. A little more time under their belt. Funny things happen in small sample sizes. Yeah, that's that's good advice for uh, whether you're looking at these minor league guys or or the, the major league guys. You know, guys are never as uh, as good as they hit uh, in a, you know in a two or three week span, and they're never as bad as they can hit in a two or three week span. You got to let those numbers sort of compile a little bit before you get an idea of what their true level is. So, well, I do appreciate you coming on with us, uh, Doug. It's always interesting. You're you're our guru when it comes to the minor leagues. So I urge everybody to go out and. Uh, check in with uh, RedsMinorLeagues.com every day. I know I do. Um, it's the place to go to get uh, analysis of the Reds Minor League system. And, you know, uh, we've talked before that it's not the most highly rated system anymore, but there are a lot of a lot of working parts there that can really help the Reds in the next few years. you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, you know, they've got the talent. It's spread out, you know, fairly evenly outside of Dayton. I think that every team's got, you know, four or five guys that are really, really worth watching. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So we'll keep an eye on that, and and of course we'll keep watching these uh, these major league Reds. They're up two to nothing now. Looks like Micah Owings has gone five shutout innings. That's pretty good against Atlanta. After looking, the teams look pretty bad the last couple of days. So Reds um, up five to nothing now. Joey Votto just hit a double oh, with bases loaded. You're right. I just see that. Yeah, it's just uh, I just uh, refreshed it to see that. Um, outstanding man, Joey Votto. My goodness, I think he might turn into a, a major league player someday. What do you think? Yeah, you know, he's got some potential, but uh, you know, yeah, yeah, maybe one of these days, you know. If he works real hard, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that guy, I'm telling you, he's just uh, he's come in from day one and acted like he was a 15 year major league veteran uh, this year. I, I'm I've not seen anything like that in a long time. Yeah, and he's <laughs> he, he's a professional hitter and you know, uh, he's on fire. Yeah, he's That's really all you can say. He's a guy that it really is the type of guy that could become a Cincinnati legend if they hang on to him, just the way he works and uh, as good a leader he is. So it's going to be interesting to watch his career develop. Um, and certainly, as, as you know, when you talk about some of these guys we've already talked about in the minors, where he ends up, uh, Votto, if he plays left field or what happens. So lots of interesting storylines with this organization. I'll let you go, Doug. I do appreciate it again uh, being with us. And, and we're going to bring you back on anytime we can get you because, uh, as I said, you're the guru. You're the one we go to. So, um, But I do appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Uh, sure thing. That'll do it for this week's edition of the Red Leg Nation Radio Podcast. Uh, again, thanks for joining us, all of you. As always, send any comments or concerns or suggestions. Uh, no criticisms. I don't want to hear any of those, but you can send the rest of those to radio at redlegnation.com. Uh, if you haven't already, go subscribe to the podcast via iTunes. That's the best way you can ensure that you don't miss a single episode 
of the Red Leg Nation Radio podcast. And you can also check out the RN Radio tab up there at the top of redlegnation.com for all updates and information. Again, also go check out redsminorleagues.com because um, that's the place to be for uh, all the information about uh, our minor league affiliates for the Reds. Thanks again to all of you out there in the nation. This is Chad Dotson for Doug Gray saying so long.